on this week's GTA 6 o'clock. More music confirmed for GTA 6, a Red Dead Online bounty leads to a familiar face, and another big bridge debate. It's all here on this week's GTA 6 o'clock. Hello and welcome to episode 13 of GTA 6 o'clock. Today we are talking music, we're talking bounty hunting and we're talking bridges, everyone's favourite topic. Uh, but before we do that, I should say that I am James JJ Jarvis and joining me, of course, is Dan Dawkins, DD. Hello. Hello there. Hello, hello, hello. So, yeah, a couple of great talking points this week. Up top, we should say, hey, everybody, please subscribe to this YouTube channel. Did you know 40% of you aren't subscribed? Which, when I told Dan before we started recording this, made him gasp. I did say out loud, are you mad? Uh, now, I'd, obviously, I don't mean that because I, I love everyone in the listenership. And as you'll find out in this very show, uh, the engagement around the show is brilliant. And the community have genuinely given us loads of amazing clarifications and information. So what I would say is, if you are interested in finding out about everything GTA 6, as we pull together the very best of all the various communities, forums, leaks, etc. and so forth, just tap that subscribe button. Because every Wednesday at 6pm GMT, we will deliver for you another GTA 6 o'clock. So there we go. As I speak, jab that subscribe button and I won't call anyone else mad. Excellent plug. Some people who have subscribed are in... Austria, Finland, and Botswana. So hello to our viewers who are watching in those places, and hello to listeners on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I think that is all of the plugs out of the way. So as is becoming a tradition on this show, there's a couple of things from last week that we should address. Dan, we had some uh, accountancy chat, hot accountancy chat last week, and you asked people if they were accountants to get in touch and maybe clarify a few things. I asked people from Take Two to get in touch. They have not done that, but some people from the community have. Yes. Now, don't jab the unsubscribe button because this is genuinely important. We were talking about Take Two, who are Rockstar's parents' company's financial, on an episode, one or two episodes ago. Please go and check that out. The reason we were talking about it is because Take Two are predicting a huge surge in revenues for the next financial year, which we think is potentially pinned to the release of GTA 6, which pins down the release date. Now, what I was saying was essentially, I didn't entirely understand how uh, booking revenues worked in using accountancy principles. Like if you, ha like James had said, if you pre-order a game, does that count as revenue you can book or put against your upcoming yearly projections? So I'd said, I don't believe it is based on what I'd read around accountancy principles, but said, I am not an accountant. So please, community, set me straight. Now, thankfully, we have quite a number of accountants or trainee accountants who listen, including uh, at Sam Luckett 2604. Uh, there are 2603 alternative versions of that name available. Yeah. So he says, hello, accountant here. He says, uh, revenue is recorded in the profit and loss when earned, meaning that when goods, i.e., you know, the game, like the GTA 6 release, has been provided to the customer. He says, in the case of a pre-order, these are considered prepaid revenue and are typically recorded in the balance sheet until the game is delivered. He says, so it's not income. He says, Hope that helps. Now, that it does help because it does 
essentially my intuition with this was that. So it's, it's really nice to have that clarified. Now, we had a little bit more clarification from another uh, respondent who's at David Valley 234. Once again, apologies to the preceding 233. Apologies uh, to David for having to put 234 at the end of his name. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So uh, uh, what did he say, James? Uh, he is an accounting major and said, I get what you're saying. Essentially, you can't recognise revenue until you give the good or service. It would either be accounts payable or unearned revenue. Pre-orders kind of work like gift cards. The store doesn't recognise the revenue when you buy the gift card, but rather when you spend it. Just like pre-ordering, they don't recognise the revenue until you give the good, aka GTA 6. Hope this makes sense. So am I right to say, long story short then, we don't think... Because Rockstar are predicting, or Take-Two are predicting, an additional $1.7 billion of revenue in the next financial year, which we said, could that just be pre-orders from GTA 6 and the game doesn't actually come out then? It doesn't look that way. No. The argument was, what if Rockstar opened pre-orders at some point from now to that period? Would all of the people who instantly went and pre-ordered it generate revenue to hit those targets? But from our point of view and the point of view of some of our listeners, that would not be the case because even if they get a billion pounds in pre-orders, it's not going to be on the books until they actually get the money in their bank. Correct. I do believe that is the end of the accountancy chat for this week. Join us next week in accountancy (laughs) at six o'clock. There was one... Other thing which actually was from last week's episode when we were talking about the new animation system and someone on YouTube called The Tech Potato Chip uh, got in touch because I think what might have happened is, and this maybe was my fault, got a little bit carried away and excited about what the new animation system could mean and have maybe gone a little bit too far down the rabbit hole. Um, I can read out I'll, I'll, uh, I'll abbreviate some of this because it's a long comment, but thank you, Tech Potato Chip. Uh, it was very helpful. He, or they said, only 29 minutes in, so good, good listenership so far. Keep getting to the end. I feel like you guys are kind of mixing up the dynamic animations with dynamic AI. I feel like what's described in the pattern only affects how characters move around the world and not exactly how characters behave. All that stuff about potentially being robbed if you look rich or not being let into a shop if you look poor, all sounds like it would be controlled by the AI and some hidden wealth stat instead of what's being described in the pattern. That is probably true. That's the bit probably got carried away on. From what I understand from Sam's video, it would be more like male characters move like this, elderly male characters inherit male character animations and want to add a limp or a hunch to the walk. If it's raining... Elderly male will cover head with hands and move faster. If right arm is shot, elderly man will cradle right arm, etc., etc. Uh, and then they say, not to sound deflated, but I feel like this video is the type of speculation that would lead people to expect way too much because they let their imaginations go wild <laughs> and then they end up being disappointed when the game comes out because it didn't have something that was never promised in the first place. All of this is true. None of these things have been promised by anyone. We are just merely speculating on what at the time we believe to be the facts or our interpretation of the facts and then 
going off that. So there are times on this podcast, I will say right now, when we are going to get things wrong and we are going to over-speculate on things that may or may not be in the game. So definitely do not listen to this and take what we say as fact every week. Although some of it will be fact and some of it will prove to be correct. I am sure of that. Yeah, and I think this is the thing we've always tried to do with GTA 6 o'clock on GTA 5 o'clock before that is we go high, we go low. So I think it's we essentially, for me certainly, I've always come from the position of, you know, why do we move here? I guess it was the weather. I don't know, that thing, the magic, right? I, I believe and I love the idea of the potentiality of GTA and the magic it provides. So sometimes on the show, I think we riff off, where could this go? Whether it's this game, the game after the big picture. Like, that's exciting for me. The practical reality is the thing we always try and bring it back with to go, but in reality, it's going to be like this. And I think we did do that on last week's show, but maybe we weren't clear enough in separating the two we probably conflated the what would be an ai-led conversation with a you know a thing that was in the patent to do with animation so and we did we talked a lot last week about you know what would be the stimulus or the thing that would then drive the dynamic animation and i think that's where we got probably a bit into the ai moonshot world so apologies for that um i'm like anything any long-form chat if you took a snippet out of context we might end up as the the hype merchants you know painting some unreality for GTA 6 o'clock. Not our intention, uh, but thank you so much for that clarification. Yeah, and it's also not to say that that stuff, you know, the stuff we talked about could happen. It's just that the thing that the specifics of that pattern don't relate to that. But, you know, I'm, I'm keeping the, the hype hat on. Keep that. the dream I'm alive. <laughs> that some of those things could happen. Simon Pick, uh, Simple Pixel... 496. There's not 495 more of them. I, I refuse to believe it. There's definitely 495 simple pixels oh, somewhere yeah, in the you're world. Probably right. Um, also came in with some clarification to say it's another great show. In my humble opinion, as someone who's been working with game engines and animation software, the whole system is much more micro scale. Red Dead Redemption 2 had the same or similar system of blending animations. For example, if you knock an object off the table, by walking past it, instead of the character doing the pickup animation while the object falls then disappears, instead there is an animation of the character catching it. So there's no way to render enough animations of the hand grab wherever it may fall, so the system is filling in the blanks. Hand is here, object is falling in motion here. Fill in the blanks between these two points and make the solution. I think we'll see it on a much bigger scale and with NPCs having blackboards and the animation trees with parameters, it can do a lot more while using a lot less processing power, which I think is, like, you're right. That's what we were sort of talking about, but then maybe blew it up to be much bigger in scale. But that kind of thing, I think, yeah, that sounds totally yeah, legit. Yeah, and, and if you had a sort of interpretive, semi-intelligent animation system in tandem with a, a bigger AI or stimulus system, the two become very powerful allies. I think that's probably the distinction we should have made. Yes. The thing that we know about in the patent is probably this more uh, direct solution around animation and the way it blends animations, essentially. And the Simple Pixel did go on to say, for instance, you can make animations of a character putting their hands over their head if it starts to rain. You can also tell a character, in simple terms, if water is spraying at you, move your hand towards it. 
That way an NPC will also react to a puddle being splashed on them as the car drives by or a wave sweeps over the beach. At the same time, you don't need a hundred different versions of npc.rain.coverhead animation. Instead, now the hands do the shielding animation and move to wherever the water is hitting the character. In this way, it looks like a smooth movement because the animation is being created between two different points, saves a lot of memory by creating and rendering animations on the fly instead of having every single animation for every single movement saved in the game files, which is what Sam went on to say in her video as well that we took some clips out of. It's very much saving processing power, making all of those things feel a lot more natural and realistic. And that is a great example of, yes, if it's raining, they put their hands over their head. But if the fire truck comes along and starts spraying them down, maybe they put their hands in front of their face. Uh, so I think, yeah, thank you all for getting in touch. I think that's cleared up. Hot accountancy chat and hot animation chat in one bell swoop. But please, if there's anything else from those two episodes, or this episode, in fact, leave your comments below. As you have seen, we do read them all. I do try and respond to most of them in YouTube as well. So please keep getting in touch and we will keep responding to your comments. This episode is brought to you by The Future Game Show. The Future Game Show returns on Thursday, March 21st at 1pm PT, 4pm ET and 8pm GMT. Hosted by Ben Starr and Samantha Bayart, the show will be broadcast on Twitch, YouTube, X, Facebook, TikTok, GamesRadar, IGN, Bilibili and more. As well as being co-streamed by a raft of notable creators. Plus, for the first time, visitors to PAX East will also be able to watch the show in the Albatross Theatre and on the PAX East Twitch channel. The Future Game Show will showcase over 40 games from developers and publishers such as Namco Bandai, Spotlight by Quantic Dream and The Chinese Room, highlighting the best upcoming games on PlayStation 5, Xbox Series X, Nintendo Switch and PC. You can look out for more exciting announcements about the Future Game Show Spring Showcase in the coming weeks and watch the show live on Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, X, TikTok, GamesRadar and the PAX East Twitch channel at 1pm PT, 4pm ET and 8pm GMT on March 21st. Right then, and on to this week's main topics for discussion, Dan. There's uh, two or three things in here that we can touch on and the first one, maybe the most exciting but we'll see, is that Anita Ward's Spotify page has recently been updated and now features the GTA 6 logo. Or, I should say, did feature the GTA 6 logo, but at time of recording has now actually been updated again and contains nothing. But we'll get onto that in a second. Anita Ward's biggest hit was, of course, Dan? Ring my bell, or you can ring my bell. Uh, now, I, I won't sing it because it, it would ruin the song and you wouldn't even know what it was, but it's the one that goes, boo-boo, boo-boo, <laughs> you can ring my... Anyway, you know what I'm going with that. Yeah, uh, that's good because that gets us through the, the music clearances if you just sing it. Oh, thank goodness. Um, so this was originally released in 1979, but it did get a re-release in 2005. Now, you might not have got it from Dan's rendition, but if you played <laughs> GTA San Andreas... Well, because, Dan, the one in GTA San Andreas is a remix, like a yes. cover of yes. this song, yes, uh, which was actually by Blood Sisters. So that version has already been in a previous GTA game, but the version we're talking about here is the original 1979 one, or 
the re-release 2005 Yeah, version. the disco-fied version versus the slightly more reggae-fied version that appeared in San Andreas. Now, the lyrics for this are, well, there's quite a lot of Ring My Bell talk. That's, that's basically the verse for quite a lot of the song. Um, but some of the lyrics in the verse do sort of fit the GTA universe. They go, the night is young and full of possibilities. Well, come on and let yourself be free. Yeah, my love for you, love for you, love for you. So long I've been saving. Tonight was made for me and you. Now, if that is not a some lyrics about a relationship between two people robbing some businesses, I don't know what is. This takes me back to analysing the... There's <laughs> a bit of a sidebar. To analysing the um, original Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes trailer, which contained the song Nicole and Bart. And we go, here's to you, Nicola and Bart. And I ended up reading up loads of Italian fiction trying to read, did it translate to the final game? I don't know, but I will right. say I had a fabulous time researching uh, a wider work of fiction and whether, you know, in, uh, coincidentally or purposefully, this would relate to a me and you, trust, trust, uh, Lucia and Jason dynamics. I think that's quite an interesting, an interesting aside. Yeah. Now, as we said just before we started going down this rabbit hole and before we get too deep into it, we should say that as of the time of recording, the bio has been updated again and the page has been updated again to just be black squares and there's now no bio information where previously there was artists information now the way i see that is there are two scenarios happening here one is the account has been breached by someone who knows about the game knows about the leaks and is joining the dots to try and make some news happen two um, it's that it is an officially licensed page that has been updated early and accidentally and has now been taken off because they were like, oh, we should have waited till next month to do that and we've not done that. However, the way that this is going, I feel like I am leaning towards that it's someone who's managed to breach that account and has changed it to go, hey, look, guys, this is definitely a confirmed song. Yeah, I, I'm i inclined to feel that way if I had to say what's happened. And I wonder if, and we, we talked off air about actually this song was listed in the infamous GTA 6 leak. Yes. And, and we're also to stress that those songs were like placeholder but I, I wonder, it's quite then, if you were a hacker looking to create a bit of attention or to get people like us tongues wagging, you would target a thing that felt more plausible because it had been in the leak. So it would make sense that someone would like hack or get into that type of account. And like these, you know, these type of Spotify accounts, you don't need a quantum level computer to hack them. I think, it, you know, it's for any sort of purposeful mind, it's possible. And I uh, think like that artist maybe more so than some of the other ones in the leaks, might not have a page that's being monitored as much, you know, because they've not released anything for ages. It's just like an easier thing to manipulate, maybe. It could be an old legacy thing that you're just managing to get into. How You know, and, and that, yeah, like you say, it was in the list of songs back in 2022 when the, the leaks happened. There were quite a lot of other songs in there you know, like, I mean, I would say if it is a leak, why haven't they picked 
Laura Branigan's Self Control, which is a much better song. Oh, I almost started singing that then. I'm a very <laughs> big fan of that um, song. So like, there's, there is question marks around all of that stuff. If it is someone who's hacked into it, why pick that song? Like, is that their personal favorite song? Um, and, it, you know, as you say, there's a few other bits of stuff going around that now it's gone dark. It could have been a mistake. Something that we also talked about was, is this part of the big rock star guerrilla marketing plan of just dropping tiny bits of information around so super fans can go collect them all up and get a bigger picture of things? Like, you know, that's this is big you know, tinfoil hat conspiracy talk now. Yeah, this is you uh, connecting the dots on the message board uh, and also knocking over some yeah. bottles of beer that we got behind us. Yeah. Um, uh, true fact, once upon a time, we used to have uh, bottles of piss fasser in I this I think we still studio. have some somewhere. They probably kill you if you drank them, so please don't. They're about 14 years old or something. When the game comes out, we'll, we'll crack them open. <laughs> crack open a piss fasser. I think that was the joke we used to make on GTA 5 o'clock <laughs> 10 years ago, so God knows what those bottles are like now. Um, I, I mean... Uh, that's an interesting theory. Like, if you were rock star, you don't need to really do anything because shows like ours fill the information void, and and we keep talking and talking. So we're like a very subtle way for rock star to do marketing might be this type of almost nudge marketing like this, where you accidentally on purpose leak something into the world. It gives some people something to talk about without actually releasing a new screenshot, confirming any new information or anything. It's a slightly conspiratorial view of the world and. Part of me likes that, but then also we live in strange and crazy times where maybe we don't need to fan the flames of conspiracy. So I guess I would revert to the the sort of Occam's razor style thing of it's probably a fan hack or is it somebody who works for, you know, Anita Ward or Anita Ward has accidentally got excited and updated <laughs> it. Um, and, you know, these sort of things happen. We saw this on a, uh, a previous episode where we had another artist who was talking about his involvement in GTA 6 and I forget his name. Can you remember that? I cannot. Well, let's not dwell on that then. Uh, so uh, if you are, and for example, if Anita Ward or Juanita Ward 234 wants to get in touch with us to say, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, it was I, well, please do. But until then, I think maybe we can file this under fan hack slash, you know, Keenan Zealous employee, I doubt it. Yeah, I mean, it would be quite the marketing shift for for Rockstar to to start going down this road. Not impossible, but it would be unusual to be like, oh, they, they're basically just starting a treasure hunt for a year and just dropping things here and there and making everyone pull it all together. Again, not impossible, but would be a different approach for it sure. Would be. And we've talked previously on the show about, I've often felt like, for example, Ubisoft did this with Assassin's Creed, where every single year without fail, the new Assassin's Creed would leak. And it would always leak on Kotaku. Now, that might be as simple as one of the Kotaku journalists had a sort of deeply embedded friend within Ubisoft who just did not care and leaked it. But like, if you were at Ubi, you've almost had to have game-theorised it and gone, look, we know it's probably going to leak <laughs> because we can't yeah. quash the leaker. We keep telling <laughs> Dave about this stuff. <laughs> and then two days later, it's on the internet. And, and you don't want to go, and this is a very UK-centric UK diversion, you don't want to end up in a Wagatha Christie-style situation where you deliberately give who you suspect to be the leaker false information. Uh, that would be an interesting sidebar to investigate. But no, um, I don't know if, I don't think Rockstar would go to that level. I just think when you've got a project of this size with so many moving parts, it's so easy for someone to accidentally say something, particularly people who maybe don't necessarily understand 
the seriousness of this, but certainly from Rockstar's perspective mm-hmm. or how it cascades, that seems more plausible to me. So, to summarise, uh, Anita, Anita's song, Ring My Bell, a good tr- track for a trailer? Hypothetically? Yeah, fine. It's a bit famous, I think, so mm. I would say for them... No, I, I don't know. I think I think this is not. I'm not reading too much into it. Possibly soundtrack inclusion. I would say yes. that's likely. Yes, 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 yes. So now, Dan, I would like you to cast your mind back to the trailer, the first, you know, trailer one that we've had, the first and, and were, only trailer, the first and only trailer. Yep. And there was a couple of things here that we haven't quite talked about yet. Uh, so I'd like to discuss them with you now. The first is Everett Morgan. Do you know Everett Morgan? Oh, intimately. Intimately, well, that's interesting. Oh, no, 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 you know, <laughs> let's rephrase that. Nope, we're carrying on. Oh dear. Everett Morgan is a minor character and um, a bounty target in Red Dead Online, who's not in Red Dead Two, but in Red Dead Online, and I think this happened back in December, and might have cycled back around again. You can find him as a poster, showing himself as wanted, dead or alive, for a train robbery and the death of a conductor. Now, if you take the picture from his wanted picture and put it against the image of a man's face that is on the door that Jason and Lucia kick in at the end of the GTA 6 trailer, the two things look very, very similar to the point where I'm going to say that they're, they are the same image, just one of them has been GTA 6-ified. Yeah. Which in itself is a, you know, a very nice Easter egg. It's a you know, great callback to say, hey, look, we make other games other than GTA. There's this Red Dead game as well. But my questions would be, yes, it's very nice, but why do this? And this is where, this, this is, I could spin off in the really crazy direction or the more sensible one. What my most plausible explanation for this might be, we, we are our company when we create assets, often our first port of recall is in-house assets that have been already made or legally approved, like they contain within our in-house libraries. So it's quite easy to go, oh, I need to fill in, use that shape we had so-and-so design a while ago and drop it in. Like at the, at the sort of most simplistic level, is this someone who's a rock star artist who was decorating this stop shopfront environment who was looking through the Rockstar library of faces, images, whatever, and went, oh, I could turn this old um, uh, Everett Morgan image into... Um, you know, a decal that sits on the thing. However, that would almost be so naive because Rockstar are famed for their attention to detail and you'd think someone else within Rockstar would have pointed it and gone, um, we can't just do that as a generic face because people like GTA 6 o'clock are going to speculate about it. So then you start to think, well, why would they do this? Now, before I go off on my full tin foil direction yeah. of this, uh, where, where, what do you feel? Well, I'm, I'm like... That that is my question because it's it's a it's a big enough image for you not like you have to notice it if you've watched the trailer like more than a few times and you've started looking at all of the details like this takes up almost half a door like it's not a thing that's just a small throwaway thing which I think would fall into your realm of it's just someone who's filling up some space in like a whole bunch of other space but this is a reasonably prominent image of a man's face so yeah i i would say then like with the 
vaguely conspiratorial hat, is it them hinting at what's this character from? He's from finding online bounties. So is it a hint to a similar sort of mechanic within the world of GTA 6? Maybe, assuming intentionality is there. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, something else to note is actually elsewhere in the GTA 6 trailer, there is another use of um, GTA online assets because there's the the guy who's got big hair and the crazy teeth. He's got, um, and I can't remember the exact naming, but his arm tattoo is one of the tattoos that is available in GTA Online. So, well, again, whether this is just Rockstar, well, again, lazily reusing their asset pack or deliberately weaving graphical links between the universes, to what end? This is where I'm kind of, I'm drawing a blank, but... The, yeah, the, I can see this as being, a, like, just on a base level really nice easter eggs for like super fans of all of rockstar's games to go look oh that's from that that's from that that's from that it's just like if you're doing that this feels like quite a big statement to go we're doing this and you know i can see if it was a quarter of the size and somewhere hidden away i'd go yeah that's that's a nice little easter egg but you know and maybe it still is but for it to be so big, I think, does raise some questions. But do you, do you feel like you know what question it's raising or why? No. And we talked about this before I pressed record. And, and Dan said he might go into his crazy theory, uh, which you may remember from when we did the uh, Bermuda Triangle episode. Uh, and what did you say, Dan, when I went, this man's from, <laughs> from very, Red Dead? Very, very long story short. I said if there was a Bermuda Triangle in GTA 6, which seems very possible. I wouldn't say probable, but very, very possible. Uh, One idea we threw around was that it didn't just redirect you. You know, for example, you might fall through it and get spit spat out at a random point of the map, almost like a portal, a geographical portal. What if, like a certain film starring a famous adventurer, it didn't just spit you to a different position, it spat you through time? And, you know, can you imagine, wow, I, I've got to say, like, it's not me saying this is going to happen, right? I'm just saying it out loud for a bit of fun. We speculated on, I speculated on that episode that wouldn't it be fun if you went through the Bermuda Triangle and got thrown back in time in the world of Red Dead? What a fun, crazy, melt fans' minds thing that would be. With the most generous interpretation of that, is this a further hint that my tinfoil hat is in fact a robe and, you know, it, it, it's stretching like mad. And I'm not about to put myself out there for it, but it is. It, I did say it. I was amused by it. So what, what we're saying here is Everett Morgan from Red Dead Online has fallen into somehow the, the old version of the Bermuda Triangle in the Red Dead area and transported himself into Leonida. And now he has become, what, an, an infamous <laughs> robber in GTA 6? So he's like he's like the Doc Emmett Brown, but accidentally, isn't he? He hasn't got a DeLorean. He's just accidentally stepped into a portal And he in can't time. get home. Yeah, my idea was actually you travel back in time to see him, but the the amusing alternative is he stepped in a portal and ended up in the future. Well, but how is his face on a, a door in GTA 6 if he's stepped back in time? Well, if you're stepping, you know. Look. There's a lot, these, are, be, these are all questions Rockstar have to we think will about. Be proof. And Rockstar, if you're listening, please make this true, partly to, to obscure my embarrassment, and B, how awesome would that be? I mean, seeing... 
you could imagine in the wilderness of GTA 6 or somewhere coming across a man who's really lost and confused, who looks, looks like this guy. So it's like a hint of like, how did he end up here? But it's never really explained. In a way that they would yeah. do a, a Strangers and Freaks scene. And that would be funny. He, and he, he doesn't start talking about riding his horse or anything. Or maybe, maybe he, he does. could, but it's like a modern day horse. But yeah, yeah. It, it, it depends on how, we talked about this in a previous show, how fantastical does GTA want to be? And as we said on a previous episode, I have seen CJ fly a jetpack over the grove. So I would almost believe anything. But I think you want to keep that kind of stuff on the fringes of your game because yeah. when it starts to completely divorce from reality, you're basically making Saints Row. And with the greatest respect, nobody wants to remake Saints Row. So Well, they did, and that did not go well. Well, that's what I mean. I think GTA already covers that turf. And GTA Online is almost that. GTA Online is the ultimate set of incredible world-gone-mad fantasies. Almost the world that was explored by a film like Free Guy, where it feels like a virtual universe gone to pot, where it's just non-stop chaos and people getting rammed by cars. You, you want, I think you want the main experience of GTA 6 to feel more grounded in reality. It just makes it more compelling. Yeah, there's no way this is main story. This is way off the beaten track and possibly a very, very small side mission. Cue the third a playable character. And just one more thing to discuss this week, which is actually a very small detail from the trailer again that we haven't discussed, and it is this shot here. Now, if you look on the left-hand side of this, you can see a red pole sort of sticking up. It's there for, like, literally two or three frames, but you can see it. And what this is is a glimpse of the drawbridge signal over Miami River. This one specifically uh, is the Bricknell Avenue Bridge. Now, this is a bridge that goes over the Miami River. The Wikipedia description of it says that it causes frequent traffic delays on the busy Bricknell Avenue when it opens. According to the Florida Department of Transportation, the bridge opened 4,990 times in 2010. Wow, what a bit of trivia that is. That might win you a quiz one day. Please. Love it. A GTA 6 quiz, specifically. Uh, the bridge from 7 to, is open from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., Monday through Friday, excluding federal holidays. But it only needs to open on the hour and every half hour. However, it does not need to open for boats between 7.35 a.m. and 9 and 8.59 a.m., and then again at 12.05 p.m. to 12.59 p.m. And then again at 4.35 to 5.59. So essentially, it's a bridge that doesn't open during rush hour or the lunch period because I think those streets get super busy with cars. Mm. And if they had to open a bridge as well, it's just going to be like <laughs> gridlock forever. Who opened the bridge? I'm on the school run. So what this, what this does lead into and you know at the top of the show i build this as the big bridge debate so we better talk about it uh, for more than a couple of minutes uh, is that like thoughts on bridges dan shall i open with that well i mean yeah, i would argue <laughs> generically for my thoughts on bridges because yes, that isn't a very long conversation nor very interesting uh, do i do i am i a fan of a bridge well yes it's a it's a fantastic way to link to uh, items that would otherwise be surrounded by water or another material okay do what do i think about bridges in gta well i think what i think they probably haven't explored but should 
this is probably a bigger conversation about um, emergent stunt jump events or emergent events in the world. I think it would be super cool if there were certain stunt jumps that could only be completed at certain times of day and it was, you know, between these minutes, it's the optimum conditions to do a, a bike stunt jump across this bridge with the thing at a certain angulation. That's really fun. I think adds an extra layer of jeopardy to stunt jumping and ties up to the bigger conversation we've had about what role could time-based emergent events play in the world of GTA 6. That would be fascinating. Yeah, this this feeds directly into my there's going to be a weekly cycle of days and things, you know, because you could imagine doing this Monday to Friday, the bridge is opening and shutting, but then at weekends, you know, it's a whole different thing and you can do different stuff or or you can't do different stuff. Like, you know, this leads to if you've got a boat in GTA 6 and you're sailing it down the Miami River and you get to this bridge, but you can't actually get through the bridge on the weekend because the bridge doesn't open. That would be funny, in the, say, in the context of like a high-style mission where you, you plan your escape and there's a bit there's a bit of throwaway line where they go, we have to make sure we're not going through it this time, and then you end up accidentally going through it that time. That would be the classic. We're going to steal the boat. You know, it's, it's the thing where you, uh, the equivalent of a car roof getting cut off as you yeah, go yeah. underneath a, a double-decker truck or something. So, yeah, I mean, there's 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 lots of things to, to think about. I think this is a good little... Easter egg that we hadn't really talked about before, and, and it definitely does confirm that that bridge is in the game, whether it opens or not, or opens as frequently as it does in real life. Who's to say? And I don't think we're going to get any information more about that in trailer two. I think that's probably something we're going to have to wait until the game comes out to, to actually discover. When, when Ring My Bell chimes up and then it's all about the bell for the bridge. I'm sure the train. bell does go off <laughs> yeah. when the bridge opens. My bell, and then the bell, and then we watch a bridge open and shut for two minutes. I think that's unlikely to be trailer two, especially oh, if that's, what, if that's the one great, <laughs> Imagine oh. two minutes of just a bridge opening while that song plays and that's GTA 6 And then the punchline of the trailer is game delayed, but you can pre-order <laughs> it now. Uh, wow. Yeah. All right. Well, um, just something that I thought we should discuss as we'd not done it before. If there are anything else, any other tiny details like that in the trailer or elsewhere that you've seen, please let us know about them because we love to talk about them. Uh, we've got lots of things coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, but for now, I'm going to wrap this episode up and say... Thank you very much for listening. Please follow us on Twitter at GTAVO'Clock. Subscribe to this YouTube channel if you've not subscribed already. Let us know your thoughts and questions in the comments below. And join us next week on Wednesday at 6pm right here on GTA 6 O'Clock. <laughs>